This week on Mama Speaks, we interview Courtney's college roommate, Emily, as she talks about minimalism and reducing waste. Just a fair warning, Thomas makes an appearance toward the end of the podcast, and the audio is a little rough, but it's at the very, very end, so we hope you will stick with us, learn more about minimalism on this episode of Mama Speaks. just two mamas who happen to be sisters trying to figure out if anyone is listening i'm leanne a pastor's wife mom of three and yankee born texan i love baking chocolate chip cookies riding my bicycle and drinking wine and i'm courtney a nurse married to a youth pastor girl mom of two and living in oklahoma i love bad reality tv crocheting and mozzarella sticks Mamas say so many words, and many of them go unheard. We're here to talk and listen. Find us on Instagram and Facebook at Mama Speaks Pod or at our website, mamaspeakspod.com. Hello. Hello. Uh, so I think we should just not ignore our guest any longer, and I would yeah. like you to do the honors and right. introduce our special guest. Today we have our very first guest for the podcast. We're going to be talking to my college roommate, Emily. Uh, she has been on a new adventure to live a more minimalist, low-waste, eco-conscious lifestyle. Um, she recently started an Instagram account, and you can follow it at, at monk.and.bean, and we'll link that in the show notes, uh, where she's sharing how she's implementing this new lifestyle while working as a physical therapist and raising two little girls. Hi, roommate. Hi, guys. We're so glad to have you, Emily. I am so happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm really excited to hear more about how you do this, especially with little ones. So why don't you tell <laughs> us a little bit about yourself? Uh, well, uh, like Courtney said, I am a physical therapist. Um, we live in Pennsylvania. Um, I have a husband two girls. They are five and just about three. So, so yeah, um, about a year ago, I guess, um, I started, a, a like a zero waste sort of lifestyle change. Um, and I guess the year before that I sort of was exploring minimalism. So minimalism was kind of like the first, the first thing and it snowballed into a whole nother realm. <laughs> That's that so is, exciting. I know. I love so her. awesome. Like, Cause you don't get to talk to her like I do Leah, but I, she shares stories all the time about stuff she's doing and it's just so cool. I'm just so, I'm so impressed by you roommate. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm excited to hear more. I, I love minimalism and I feel like we have done some low waste, uh, eco-conscious things in our household, just things that other people are like, you don't use paper napkins and it doesn't yeah. seem crazy to me but it does when people say things like that so I'm really curious to hear more about that kick-started um you know getting into this for you oh well um I would say probably around the time that my second daughter was born um I had read Marie Kondo's book uh, life-changing magic of tidying up which is now very widely known, um, 
Love, but I just love, love that book, by the way. Yeah, it's great. It's great. Um, so I read that and I kind of went through my closet and that was all great. And um, then she was born and everything kind of came to a grinding halt. And we were in survival mode for quite some time. Um, and it got to the point where I was just completely overwhelmed. Like I felt like I was treading water um, really struggling to juggle all the things, um, especially after I went back to work. Um, so it was just getting to be too much. Um, and I just knew something had to give and I needed things to be simpler and easier, or I was just not going to make it. So, um, I decided to kind of revisit some of those ideas that I had read about in, um, Marie Kondo's book. So, Um, Over the next several months, I made it a priority to kind of declutter basically the rest of the house. Um, And through that process, I just began to feel lighter and lighter. And life just kind of got simpler as we had less possessions to manage. So, you know, things that used to really bother me, you know, when things would get a mess or out of order, um, it just didn't overwhelm me like they used to, um, just because mm-hmm. I knew it would only take 10 or 15 minutes to get things put back together. Um, so that's how I came to kind of embrace minimalism. Um, I kind of got to a steady state with that. And um, if you came in my house, I don't think you would say, oh, a minimalist lives here. But um, that's kind of the mentality I try to, to adopt with viewing our possessions. Um, mm-hmm. so we've tried to kind of curb our consumption and take a proactive effort to, you know, donate things when we don't need them anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but the best thing about minimalism for me was just more headspace. Like I could finally like focus on my own self-care a little bit more. Um, I was able to start, you know, thinking more about, you know, what our values are and ask myself some hard questions like, is the way we're spending our time, money, and energy in alignment with our values? Um, And I didn't always like the answer that I got when I was doing that Mm. self-reflection. So, um, you know, that was going on in my head. And then also, um, you know, I just started exploring issues that interested me. So I was doing a lot more reading. Um, I learned about, you know, the sorry state of recycling uh, Mm. in our country, uh, the issue with plastics, um, the big problem with food waste, and you name Mm. it. So, I just couldn't really ignore any of that knowledge anymore. Um, And I had been following some minimalism accounts on Instagram uh, just for inspiration. I didn't really know anybody in my personal life who was, you know, going down this path or or adopting any of these principles, at least not in the the way that I was. So I was really looking for for people online to kind of you know, show me the way forward, I guess you could say. But one account in particular, um, it's Minimalista Mom. She's the first person who I found that connected zero waste with minimalism. Um, And she has kids, you know, so it was very approachable. 
Um, and if I'm being completely honest, when I first came across her account, um, this is prior to the extra headspace, I unfollowed her because I couldn't deal with thinking about the zero waste thing. It was just like <laughs> this crazy out there idea to me. And I was like, I cannot. <laughs> yeah. So, so really like the headspace thing was like, I finally got to a place where I was like, oh yeah, that's actually like important. So, <laughs> right. Yeah. So, well, and um, yeah, adding a second kid, like you, the bandwidth you have after you have yeah. a second kid is like non-existent. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it's really limited. <laughs> yeah. So I just couldn't even comprehend that concept for a long time, but um, eventually, you know, I, I learned more, I thought about things more and I came back to her and at one point she she posted a picture of her favorite books. And there was this one in there called The Zero Waste Home by Bea Johnson. Um, and I thought to myself, you know, that looks interesting. So I got it out of the library and I read it. And that was last February. Um, and that was really the catalyst. Like after I read that, I was like, okay, I can do this. You know, like it, it's just a very straightforward book very simple uh, framework for how to approach it and, you know, all different areas of your home. Um, And I wouldn't say it's like I'm following it, you know, like a Bible or anything, but um, I'm certainly not at like that level of, you know, (laughs) zero waste, you know, my waste does not fit in a mason jar, Uh, still have trash cans. Um, (laughs) But uh, but I've made a lot of changes and I'm, I'm really thankful that I did find that book and I would definitely recommend it for anybody who wants to kind of explore a little bit. Well, I have a question that's not on um, the list here. Um, so <laughs> I am, I know, sorry. It's okay. because I, I read the questions and I was like, those are good. And I didn't have the headspace to <laughs> think about additional questions but now I now I am I'm totally in it um because I love this I love I love what you say about having the headspace like I feel like having small children they I feel like we're fairly minimalist in our house um you know my kids do not have 90 bajillion toys um but I'm curious to hear how the minimalism is going with your girls as they get a little bit older particularly um, with regard, so the reason I'm asking this question is completely selfish. Um, my my five-year-old daughter wants to keep everything, everything. <laughs> she has so much stuff. I'm curious, like, how you've handled that with your girls as they've gotten older, and um, if you have experienced anything like that with your kids. <laughs> Um, well, definitely. Uh, so my oldest is five. Um, so she, you know, I've tried to breach the subject with her many times about like, okay, you know, we're going to, you know, clear out some stuff. I want you to pick out some things that you want to give to someone else. And that that approach doesn't usually result in much leaving our house. Mm -hmm. Um, So if I'm being honest, I will take care of things when they're not home. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And what I usually do is I'll put things in a bin and I'll put it away. I I, I don't get rid of it right away. And if anybody asks for anything that's in there, I'll say, oh, let me look for it. And I'll be like, oh, look, I found it. Mm -hmm. Um, 
But otherwise, if that sits around for a month or two and nobody's asking for the stuff, then it goes. Um, and occasionally things have gone and she has asked me, you know, where's such and such thing? And I'll say, you know, that might have been something we donated to somebody else. And she's usually pretty understanding about that. She doesn't, you know, I don't think she has like a visceral attachment to a lot of things. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. But I try to pay a lot, you know, pay good attention to like what she's using a lot. Mm-hmm. And okay. I would definitely never, ever get rid of anything Frozen themed. <laughs> that I mean, would be to a even problem. Talk about it is just sacrilege. Um, yeah, but mm-hmm. it's it's hard. Like, um, and I'm trying to think, you know, like as she gets even older, how I'm going to go about this because I don't I do want her to be an active participant in the process Um, I want her to be able to evaluate you know her space and and enjoy it being clean and comfortable so like for example this morning when she went to preschool I came home and I like picked up her room I didn't get rid of anything but I really like you know, put stuff back where it needed to be. And she came in after we got home and she said, oh, my room is so clean. And I, she said, how did it get so clean? I said, I cleaned it while you were at school. And she said, oh, thank you, mom. So oh, she knows she feels better in a clean, tidy space. Mm. Um, but I, but like you said, like actually having her make the decisions is a struggle. And sometimes the decisions she makes, I don't like. So for example, mm. like before Christmas, you know, we were trying to, to do a little purge just to make room for the onslaught of stuff that I knew was about to happen. So, uh, you know, she was going through her things and one of the things she picked that she wasn't using anymore was this precious little porcelain tea set in this beautiful little wicker container that I love, (laughs) (laughs) but it's her stuff. And if she doesn't want it anymore, you know, what am I, what am I going to say about that? So, Mm. um, yeah, I have some things to learn too, I think. Mm, that's helpful. I, I I do the same similar with um our daughter. I um it's the elementary school clutter. It's the um they come home with 25 valentines. Mm-hmm. And um with my boy, you know, after like 2 or 3 days I can trash them and he is fine with it. Like mm-hmm. but he mm-hmm. you know, I can't trash them before they even come in the door. But with Eloise six weeks could go by and she's like, uh, where is the dinosaur Valentine that I got from Gavin? Um, it is green and it has a dinosaur on the front and he signed his name in purple. Like she knows <laughs> all of that. Like it is the most precious and it, it like legitimately is the most precious thing to her, but everything is that way. So we're, she's just a different, yeah. she's, diff- she's, diff- she's cut from a different cloth than I am. One thing <laughs> that might be helpful with that kind of stuff, the miscellaneous, mm-hmm treasures uh-huh. um, I don't <laughs> well we'll we'll put that in quotes yeah. <laughs> um, so uh I don't necessarily do this but it's something I'm I'm probably going to do soon uh making a treasure box for them and just saying you know whatever you want to fit in this box you can put in here and you can keep it forever but it has to fit in this box I love that so giving yeah. things space constraints for me, especially in other areas of the house, has been really helpful in just setting boundaries of how much of a thing you can have. You know, we have one cabinet that holds coloring books and art supplies. 
And if that kind of stuff starts exploding out of that space, then something has to go. Mm-hmm. And I stick firm to those rules, you know, like we can't have coloring books in four different places in the house. We can't have games and puzzles outside of the shelf where they belong. If we get more than that, then we have to start thinking about what's going to go. So what are some of the simplest ways that you've decreased waste in your home? Like if someone's just starting out, what would you recommend? Um, If someone's just starting, uh, well, I'll tell you the one change that I made that made the biggest impact, let me just say, um, would be starting to compost our food waste. Um, Mm -hmm. I would say that cut our waste output by a solid third. Wow. Right off the top. And you guys have a garden in the back too, right? Are you able to use it for that? We we have we do have a small garden, um, and you know outdoor space where that's possible. Um, but there's a lot of different ways of composting. Um, there's things that are designed to be kept indoors. Um, you know, there's a lot of different ways to do it. There's even um, an app called Share Waste mm-hmm. where you can connect with people in your area you know if you have food you want to uh donate or you know food scraps you want to donate and someone has a compost in your neighborhood could connect the two of you and you know that's another way to do it oh Um, that's really cool so yeah um so composting was like a huge thing for me um and you know the food waste issue is really a big deal also so like when you send food to the landfill or any organic matter, um, it's going to enter into an anaerobic decomposition, meaning no oxygen. So the byproduct of that is actually methane gas, um, Mm. which holds about like 25 times the heat as carbon dioxide does. Um, So it is very damaging to the atmosphere and is a big contributor to global warming. So, um, so food waste is like a big deal. And I'm, you know, I would say if you're going to make one change, if you want to do one change that has the biggest impact, you know, finding a way to divert food waste from the landfill is, is a big one. Um, and then another way would just kind of be like, refusing to consume what you don't need so not buying more food than you need not buying those impulse purchases when you're out all of that stuff leads to waste down the line Um, and then just thinking ahead and being prepared you know um, keeping your shopping bags your reusable shopping bags in your car or keeping Mm. your water bottle in the car your reusable coffee mug in the car um you know you can grab some silverware and take it with you you know if you know you're going to be out and you might stop for something to eat and you don't want to deal with the plastic silverware Mm. uh so just having that kind of stuff on hand um and just being prepared for where you're going is is another way to do it yeah um (laughs) i feel like we've talked a little bit about this but i would love to hear more um about how you get your kids involved in creating a more minimalist life. I feel like you've touched on a couple of things, but if there's anything else you want to expand on. Um, I don't know. I think everything 
you know, just um, making sure they're aware that their stuff has to have a home. Mm. Um, I think they pretty much know where everything goes, so I can easily involve them in cleanup time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think, you know, I try not to foster an attachment to stuff. You know, stuff isn't usually a reward. You know, if we are rewarding something or, you know, we want to do something special as a family, we try to do a fun experience together um, yeah. or just go to the playground for the morning or, you know, you know, try to make life about more than just stuff. Like stuff is a reward or, you know, mm. stuff is a treat. Like that's that's kind of how I try to approach it in terms of like mindset. Yeah. I like that. I think, um, so your five-year-old is in pre-K or in kindergarten? She's in preschool. Okay. Um, I feel like that got a little bit more challenging because we've never, we don't do big Christmas. We do more experiences. I mean, my kids certainly have, you know, they get presents, but they don't get, um, you know, a motorized scooter and an Xbox and all of the things. Um, and that there wasn't um, much comparison in preschool, you know, but mm-hmm. as soon as they go back to school after winter break and they see all their friends or when they have, when they go to a birthday party or they get invited to every kid's birthday party in their mm-hmm. class, the comparison. And so we've started having those conversations with our son Um, who's eight, just so that he understands that there's a reason, like we are intentionally not buying you every single thing you want. And we're not, we're intentionally not buying you. And this is what we're doing instead. Um, You know, we're taking the kids to Disney World for spring break. And that's a huge expense. And, um, (laughs) I've heard some criticism from some folks and certainly there's a lot of things you criticize about um, consumerist culture and, and that sort of thing. But I've heard a lot of things like, Oh, I couldn't take my kids to Disney world because they would want everything. You know, there's gifts, gift shops everywhere. And my kids would mm. just want everything. And my husband and I talked about this the other night and I'm like, I'm really not worried about that. They weren't like that the last time we went to Disney world several years ago, but they have saved their dollars they each have a set number of dollars that they earned um, or that were gifted to them when they asked for gift cards for like their birthday or Christmas. And they have them all on a Disney gift card. And they know that when that money is gone, they don't have any more money to spend. And so they've already picked out their souvenirs um, and what they want. And they are so excited about that. And I really don't anticipate them walking. I know I, I think probably my two-year-old is a different story, but my older kids, I don't anticipate them walking past a gift shop and being like, I need to have all of that because mm-hmm. they have their one, their one thing that they want. They're going to buy it. Maybe they'll get a t-shirt or something like that. That's a little bit extra, but that's it. Um, because the, the purpose of this trip is not to buy 12 Minnie Mouse toys. The purpose of this trip is to spend time together as a family and enjoy that time. Now, you know, there's certainly like a consumeristic culture around that, but, um, anyway, I don't know what my whole point was, but I think as the kids, <laughs> they just have gotten older, as my kids have gotten older, that's been a little bit more challenging. Yeah. I'm, I'm not looking forward to that next year. Um, <laughs> but, Bananas. but I do like what you said about, you know, they have, 
they know what they want to purchase and it's their money and they can do with it as they want, but it's, it's got an end to it. It's finite. Mm -hmm. And they're going to value those things that they pick out so much more than they would if it was just a bunch of stuff that they pointed to and wanted and went in the bag and came home with you. Um, So I think that's part, part of it too, is just valuing what we have and taking care of it is so important as well. You know, things become so disposable so quickly in our culture. And that's another thing that I'm trying to, to combat is, you know, taking care of what we have, whether it's the planet or our possessions. Yeah. That's really good. Thank you. All right. Um, So was it hard to get your spouse on board with some of these ideas? And I would like to add, I know your spouse, and I love him very much, and I imagine he was just fantastic when you started telling him about this. Well, that's funny. Um, so I did tell him that you ha- were going to ask me this question, and he kind of <laughs> looked a little shocked, like, what are you going to say about me? But um, I felt It felt funny I... writing it, because he's such, a, he's such an easygoing guy. <laughs> but very stubborn. Um, (laughs) but I will say this he has been very very supportive um not always so willing to change so like last spring when I you know said I wanted a compost pile he fashioned a a compost bin out of an old pallet and some chicken wire and we did that and he's been really attentive with turning it and tending to it Mm -hmm. um it's like a little mother hen over the compost pile (laughs) Uh, but you know we don't always see eye to eye on the details of things like um I don't know like some of the the lower waste swaps he has not been as excited about um I would like to get rid of our trash bags because now that we compost our food scraps for the most part our trash doesn't get stinky or slimy really Mm. um and I feel like the few things that we do come across that would fit that category we could easily um you know walk out to the to the bin outside um Mm -hmm. but he's not been okay with that so we still have trash bags um and you know there's been some other things like you know he'll come home with his one item from the hardware store in a plastic bag. And I'll be like, what is this plastic bag? (laughs) He'll say, they just put it in there before I could say no. And I was like, you know, if that was me, I would say, oh no, I don't want a bag. Yes, please take it out of the bag. Keep the bag. I'll carry this one (laughs) item with my two capable hands to my car and it'll be just fine. But he's not as uh, willing. He's not as willing to be um, (laughs) different out in the community, shall we say. Um, but he's been, he's been very good about all of it, I will say overall. (laughs) I don't want him to think I was attacking him. (laughs) No, I love him. Well, I think it is important when like, when one person is passionate about something in a relationship, like how do you get the other person to at least come and be, you know, be 50% passionate if you're a hundred percent passionate. Yeah. Yeah. And he definitely, you know, I would say he cares deeply about, you know, the planet. Um, He was an Eagle Scout. He spent Mm -hmm. a lot of time, you know, camping and 
doing outdoorsy things. We still love to be outside. Um, but sometimes I feel like there's a little bit of a disconnect between like your own personal decisions and like how it actually does impact the planet. Mm -hmm. So, um, and also he's just, some of his habits are very ingrained, you know, are all of ours though. And I I, I don't like to be a nag, but sometimes like, well, you could do this this way and then this wouldn't have to happen. And (laughs) sometimes that's well received and sometimes not. (laughs) That's just marriage. Things could be said of many things. But now I'm, like, encroaching on some of his territory, you know, like, his lawn maintenance uh, mm-hmm. thing. Like, it shouldn't go on the curb. All that stuff should go on the compost pile. Yeah. Sometimes he thinks things are a little too hard for the compost pile. But I like to think it's a little more resilient. Mm. can do a little more hard work. <laughs> like, he didn't want to throw avocado pits in there because he thought it was too hard to break down. I was like, it can do it. <laughs> Trust the it process. It might take longer, but it can do it. <laughs> well, what's the worst thing that could happen? Like, you could have an avocado tree growing in your compost. Right? I'll take That's it. the alternative. Right? That would be amazing. I'd love to have an avocado tree. I don't think they grow well in Pennsylvania. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> So what would you tell someone who wants to be more eco-conscious but is too overwhelmed with the idea? Like they don't even know where to start. So you kind of mentioned this a little bit earlier, but if they just like, I don't even know what to start, I'm too overwhelmed, what do I do? Um, I would say, yes, it's very overwhelming when you're looking at the big picture. Um, It's a huge issue. Um, And I was someone who used to feel that way. But the thing that changed for me, I think, was learning. Mm -hmm. So educating yourself about something that you feel is important, whether it's overwhelming or not, I think will go a long way. Mm. Um, And I think when you're more educated about something, you can become more empowered to change it. And just simply don't look at, you know, the Instagram worthy people who are posting their life highlights, you know, and thinking you have to, you know, fundamentally change the way you do everything and Mm. the way you consume everything, because it doesn't have to start there. It can be one, one thing, you know, it can be just, you know, instead of buying your kids the go-gurt squeezes you can just buy the largest tub of yogurt and give them that. You don't have to give up yogurt. Mm -hmm. Um, You're going to have less overall packaging if you buy the the larger tub, and that's usually recyclable um, Mm -hmm. as opposed to just being trash. Mm -hmm. So I would just say, you know, look in your own trash can and see what's there first. Mm -hmm. Um, See what you can change feasibly and, and go from there. And I think once you see that, you know, as you change things, what's there is going to be less. And that's really motivating. And it just kind of snowballs. Well, and I've seen an image circulating 
recently that says like not we don't need everyone to be perfect or something like that in terms of recycling just everyone needs to make small changes yeah and and like that I had this moment when I was looking at it and I was like oh yeah like it's okay that I don't have this figured out that like yeah but we bought reusable straws this week so that's good like yeah I don't even have those (laughs) (laughs) well Adele insists on reusable uh, well Adele insists on straws so well there you go (laughs) it could have been a lot of waste so (laughs) yeah yeah good for you yeah, we switched over to aluminum straws several years ago, too, for yeah. because of children. Yes, yeah. Well, that and then we got the, um, like, little reusable sandwich bag kind of things. Yes. Yeah. Those have been major for us. Because yeah, we'll just pack awesome. snacks and then, like, just throw some goldfish in there and leave the house. And just, out. you know, as you, as you use something up, you know, like, whether it's saran wrap or... I don't know, your shampoo or your disposable razors, you know, anything that you're disposing of usually will have a reusable counterpart to it. So Mm. just as you need something else, consider what you could replace it with that might be reusable instead of disposable. Yeah. Well, and you posted something on your account the other day that said, um, it was a quote from someone else, but it said something like it's only single use if you only use it once or something yes. like that. Yes. And right. I thought that was really, cause we have, um, you know, we have plastic shopping bags here, but we use them for like litter boxes and, you know, I'll use it mm-hmm. several right. times to take stuff to work and things like that. Like still bad that the waste is there, but at least we're not adding more to it. Right. Exactly. And for all the plastic bags in the world, I find it kind of mind blowing that people will buy special pet waste bags. Do you know what I mean? Like, (laughs) yes, there's there's a market for everything. There is. Yes. Well, it's interesting because so many of the ways to like cut back on waste, I feel like also save you money, like not buying a bunch of little go-gurt things. Absolutely. And getting a big thing of yogurt is going to save you money. Right. So why? Why spend, you know, $5 more on pet waste <laughs> specific bags? <laughs> exactly. You just use a grocery store bag. But everything, right. ta- it takes a little bit more planning like we we do like what you've said little containers of yogurt like from a big container that's and and we um I gosh I haven't bought like chip bags or things like that for the so now I'm packing you know 15 lunches a week which is just bananas oh my gosh (laughs) it's bananas and so we did I was realizing how many Ziploc bags we were wasting um because I'm not buying the prepackaged snacks at the store I'm kind of making my own prepackaged snacks at home but when I started looking at how many reusable Ziploc bags we would need for me to prepare for the week they all get a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and they all get at least one you know something that would go in a in a bag and then they may get also like a um you know like a clementine but I'll peel it and section it mm-hmm. so that they actually eat it and so then that would go in a little <laughs> container as well so right because kindergartners can't peel oranges it's a thing <laughs> also I think she may talk too much that then she doesn't have time to eat anything um <laughs> but when I started think like I do have a lot of little containers and we have started purchasing sandwich bags so I have nine sandwich bags so I'm not wasting as many Ziploc bags anymore nine sandwich size and then I don't know 15 
snack size, but I'm, it's getting closer, but it takes more time. I've said, you know, even when, when I'm using, when I'm using Ziploc bags, um, I was talking to a friend that has one kid and she was like, oh yeah, we just buy the like prepackaged snacks. And I was like, I would waste $50 a week yeah. if I did that, not even including the waste, mm-hmm. um, because I can also put less in a bag because they're not going to eat, you know, they would end up throwing yep. food away if we bought um, something. And so even that, I feel like I'm saving money and waste and, you know, but, but it does take time. It probably takes me an hour, maybe an hour and a half every week to get all of their lunch mm-hmm. stuff ready. Oh my gosh. And that's but the thing, you know, everybody's I'm life saving $50. is. <laughs> right. right. Well, I like what you said about the saving money thing, because I feel like, you know, groceries aside, so many of the changes that I've made, you know, for this zero waste lifestyle has saved us money over time. Mm -hmm. Um, It might be like something that has a little bit more of like an upfront cost, but over the life of the product, it's going to save, you know, so much more money than Mm. actually what it costs. Yeah. And it's better for the environment too. So it's just kind of been a no brainer. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think especially when you start factoring in kids into the equation, when you think of like diapers and wipes and snacks and all of the, there's so much waste um, that can. (laughs) So we have a write-in question from one of our many listeners. Oh, wow. I'm just kidding. It's actually just one of our other college roommates, Erica. (laughs) Oh, boy, Erica. (laughs) Fan of the show, Erica. Let's call her that. Can we call her that? Yes, fan of the show, Erica. She texted me right before we started. So I was like, oh, I'm going to put that in. But she wanted to know how you cut back on waste while you're cleaning. Um, her complaint was that she uses uh, paper to- so many paper towels and wanted to know what you use instead of paper towels. I use uh, cloth for everything cleaning related. Um, a long time ago, I think at Target, I got a set of microfiber cloths and they have been serving me well mm. for years now. Um and they just go in when I wash the towels. So that's what we've been doing. Yeah, we've never kept paper towels in our house. Just, I don't know if it's laziness or maybe because we're trying to help the environment. I don't know, but we've never, <laughs> we've never had paper towels in our house. And we'll have people come over and be like, oh, can I have a paper towel? And we're like, uh, <laughs> you can have this napkin. Nope. <laughs> like, yep. I would love to be rid of paper towels, but that's another source of contention in my house. Back to the spouse question. Um, (laughs) So uh, I will personally make the choice to always use a towel or, you know, a rag or something, depending on what it is. But not everyone in my house makes that choice. (laughs) Um, And we can only control ourselves, right? Exactly. Um, (laughs) But what I have done to compromise a little bit is trying to buy uh, any paper products made from recycled content. Mm. So it's all recycled paper, towels, recycled toilet paper, um, and recycled tissues. And there's so many more options of that now than there were even just like five years ago. Yeah, there really are. There really are. What is one thing that is saving your life or making it easier? 
Oh, tough question. I know, I didn't prepare you for these. Hmm. <laughs> oh, I would say vinegar. Vinegar. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know how many things you can use vinegar for? I, I would love to know more. <laughs> it's, it's now my laundry fabric softener. Oh. It goes in almost all of my cleaning products that I make. Um, and it even conditions my hair sometimes. Really? I know you were, you were set, last time I talked to you about this, you were thinking about ways to cut back on like shampoo and conditioner stuff. So, so I did. Um, yeah, I've been using shampoo bars. Um, I have found that not all of those are created equal. And um, I had heard that apple cider vinegar mixed with water was good for your hair. And uh out of desperation, I tried it, um, and it does work very well on awesome. nourishing your scalp and conditioning your hair. So Awesome. And you have a lot of hair, so that's a good I do good have a you lot of I hair. Our, our college dorm always had a lot of hair around it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm Memories. Like, yeah, I, know, I know how that can be. I mean, yeah, Leanne and I live together, too, so <laughs> we did. <laughs> vinegar that's like the greatest answer I've ever heard yeah. <laughs> I mean I'm thinking like a new reality show yeah, <laughs> yeah my answer is Disney plus <laughs> yeah for real we're, yeah we're on day three of being home and he went to school every day last week but he was out four days the week before that so Disney plus winning yeah we love Disney plus around here too yeah, we just Adele just got into Doc McStuffin, and it's like the best thing that's ever happened to her in her mind. All right, I'm the only one that has answered. So one thing saving my life, I'm gonna get real sentimental here and say this podcast because I have so much fun doing it, and I like look forward to it. And when things were really slow at work last night, I was coming up with ideas, <laughs> writing questions and stuff. So we'll say that the podcast. Well, I, I do want to say thank you so much, uh, Emily. For, I'll, I'll call you Emily and not roommate. Um, for, uh, <laughs> for coming on and talking to us and sharing all these ideas with us. We will link all of the everything that we've mentioned, all of the products, all of the Instagrams, all of the books, everything, so that other people can try to follow your lead. I know I, well, every day I try to be more like you. So. Yeah. Oh, people can too. You're so Thank sweet. You so much <laughs> This was wonderful. Yeah, super fun. I okay. had such a great time. Thank you guys for having me. Aww. All right. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so that every episode comes to you each week. And let's continue the conversation on Facebook or Instagram at Mama Speaks Pod. We'll share show notes at www.mamaspeakspod.com. If you have any questions for us or topics you want us to cover, you can email us at mamaspeakspod at gmail.com. Uh, we also just put up a link to submit a form if you are interested in being interviewed for our podcast. Let us know a little bit about you and what your story is, and we might be doing an interview with you. All right. Until next week. <laughs>